Hello and welcome to Superfancast. My name is Chris. I'm joined by Matt, and this is season two, interlude one. And it's Easter break in the UK, so regular schedules are all mishmashed and feeling quite tired. Have you been enjoying some sunshine up north? A little bit, yeah, but it comes comes and goes very quickly. So you, you need to make the most of it, and then and then run back inside when the rain comes. Yeah, because we because we're only blessed with about forty minutes of sunshine every year. As soon as the sun comes out in England, everyone rushes out into the sun, mm. and I got burnt on my on my chrome dome. Oh no! Yeah, it's an awful place to get burnt. Of all the places, of all the places, because it's really obvious, you know, because it's peeling everywhere and. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Chrome Dome sounds like a new product from Google. This is yeah. how we're going to surf the internet on my Chrome Dome. One of these days it'll happen, won't it? Once you get your, once you get your yeah. uh, your brain phone, <laughs> like just bend over, Chris. I need to like do some stuff on your on your Chrome Dome. I need to surf the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have been really obsessed. Uh, you, I, I don't know if you've picked up on this because I mentioned it on Twitter, but I've been really obsessed the last few days with uh, US college radio. Right, yeah, I saw I saw a tweet asking for suggestions. Man, it's so good. Like seriously, you, you, British radio is awful. Um, it's so shit. I don't know what's. I don't know why it's so good over there and why it's so awful here. But the main, the, the national stations, and don't forget, England is like the size of a stamp compared to the US. So mm-hmm. we should have way more national stations. But all the national stations, they all play the same stuff. And okay, so you do have you do have some more niche stations like Chris Country that just plays country or uh, Planet Rock that just plays rock. But even within those stations, they do play the same things. So like, I mean, Planet Rock doesn't play... Day on day, it tends to play the same songs. Like, it's it's not that that broad. And there's loads of advertising on British radio. Loads of advertising. Yeah, so much. And the other big thing that British radio does badly is, for some reason, about... 20 years ago we stopped hiring okay um, this is a blanket statement i know and it doesn't it doesn't apply to every station but they started hiring celebrities and comedians as djs instead mm. of really good passionate music people <laughs> yes yes uh, and it really does affect the, the quality of the of, of the of the airtime oh absolutely yeah but also the, the the djs who are just djs a lot of them, they just talk a load of nonsense. And I'm thinking, like, just shut yeah. up and just play some music. Seriously. Yeah. So I have been listening to... Well, I've been listening to KEXP in Seattle quite a bit. And what do I like about it? It's... Well, there's far less advertising. Like, there's just loads of music. I mean, you just have back-to-back songs all the time. And then when then the DJ does talk, they're always really passionate musos. Um mm. You know, but people that are really into the, the the tracks that they're playing, the music that they're playing is often uh, obscure stuff or unsigned stuff or you know album cuts. It's not it's not really obvious chart stuff, uh, and really broad genres as well. Like across throughout the day, you'll have yeah they'll they'll cover all genres. It's, it's really good, really good stuff. It's what you want from a radio station. For for slightly less broad music, I've also listened to WHBC in Washington DC, which is um, I mean there's a lot of hip hop and R and B on that, but it's again it's just really good stuff. It's not just mainstream hip hop and R and B. It's got various decades and yeah various subgenres and and good stuff. Yeah, 
and and the same 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 qualities as well as KXP in that you've got passionate people who are really into the tracks that they're playing and have got some personal stories to tell about the tracks that they're playing way more music than you get here on a, on a British station um, way less advertising and I would say to any British person who really likes music just stop listening to British radio and start listening to American radio <laughs> yeah I, uh, I I'll, I'll give that a go I would say that um I'm a huge fan of Planet Rock Radio, actually, and uh, this isn't like some official endorsement. I'm just putting it out there because uh, a lot of their DJs they seem to be professional uh, <laughs> rock stars, if that's the the name of their of their profession. A guy from Thunder, a guy from Def Leppard, Alice Cooper, a few other people. Like they're actually guys who have toured with the the bands that they're playing on the radio. And uh, they've, they've all got some really interesting stories and, and great voices as well. That is true. That is true. There are some good DJs on, on, on Planet Rock. And then another station that should probably get a mention is BBC Six Music. Mm, um, yeah. Six Music has got some really good shows on it as well. But it's not It's not one of the... BBC Six Music is a bit more niche as well. It's, it's not one of the, the biggest, most accessible stations out there. Mm-hmm. It's a bit obscure. Yeah, didn't... Iggy Pop have his own show on there for a while. Oh, he may well have done. I didn't know about it, but he may well have done, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you been listening to anything exciting? Uh, well, because, as I say, because it's the Easter break, I've been listening to a lot of kids' music, like... Um, Standard. Hey Dougie's Greatest Woofs and um, Peppa Pig. And uh, that's because I am a dad of a young boy and not because I'm a, a weirdo. Although... <laughs> Oh god, I'm not, am I going to say this? Um, hey Dougie's Greatest Worst has actually got some really cool music on it. It's got some like wacky bluegrass and some crazy techno trance on it as well. I do really like the bluegrass. Like the 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 main opening music for Hey Dougie is a is a, a little snippet of bluegrass, and that's really yeah. good. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, but there's a. I, I, I honestly, this is. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm, I'm saying it anyway. Like, there's a track on. Dougie's Greatest Woofs uh, called Trojan Cheese. Like the Trojan Horse, but with cheese instead. Um, <laughs> I get it. it. It makes sense on the thing. And it's just this wicked bluegrass solo madness. It's like virtuoso playing. It's ridiculous. Like, oh, I, was, I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Maybe I'll go through the album another time because um, you're just <laughs> thinking, what the hell? What are you telling me this about? <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's that. But I'm also getting ready for for some shows, playing with a soul band coming up. So I've been learning some new songs. So listening to a bit of Angie Stone. Do you know Angie Stone? Oh, cool. Yeah, I do know Angie yeah. Stone. Very cool, like neo-soul stuff. Also a lot of Aretha Franklin, Donna Summer. Yeah, and another weird one. The song Spinning Around by Kylie Minogue is on the set list okay. and I never actually probably sat down and listened to it because I thought well it's just it's just generic shitty pop but the the bass line on it is oh, it's so really it's so great I think it's the guy from Jamiroquai but I'm not sure on that oh. um, but I was listening to it and it all thinking wow there's a lot going on in this track I hadn't really noticed before that's cool. That's a cool set list you're going to have then based off those artists. Yeah. Let's see who else there's 
yeah, Get Down Saturday Night by Oliver Cheatham and Don't Walk Away by Jade. Another song that I hadn't realised how much I love it when I hear it. Just the vocal harmonies, beautiful. Very yeah. cool gospel chords going on. Yeah, so that's quite cool. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting really stuck into that. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm still I'm still into my Primus. Oh, so what what have they released since that episode? They have officially released three track EP called Conspiranoid, and the the first single from it is eleven minutes, and the other two songs are like three minutes long. So uh, <laughs> it's a bit strange, but. <laughs> But it's great fun, really wacky, awesome jams, very similar to the Desaturating Seven, yeah, in in tone. So I think you'd like it. Yeah, I I did mean to give it a listen actually when it came. I didn't realise it had come out yet, but I will I will like it now on uh, Spotify so I can find it later. <laughs> you will like it now and listen to it later. Yeah, <laughs> cool stuff. I've been listening to some Drop Nineteens lately, who we we mentioned back on our polvo episode for anyone who listened to that but oh that's a that's a blast from the past yeah i had i had this weird this weird theory that polvo had been slightly inspired by by drop 19s but what's funny is drop 19s were releasing an album this year 31 years after delaware it's it's weird (laughs) it's just a bit weird i don't i don't know the story um i'd like to find some interviews with them if they've done any interviews as to what they've been doing like did they yeah, did they stop making music for thirty years, and now they've decided to get back together as the original or, lineup and start making music again, or did they? Has it just taken them that long to yeah write <laughs> this music? Yeah, so they've they've apparently. I mean, they updated their Twitter earlier this week to say that it should be released in twenty twenty three now. But either way, they're working on a new album. So I think they've. I think they're actually looking at releasing two albums in the coming twelve months. One of them will be uh, an album of unreleased material from early 90s um, one of it will be new material but I, I, I'm interested to hear how they're going to sound now 30 years later because Delaware was such for me it's such a great album Delaware it was, if you haven't heard it definitely go and listen to it I think that the track Delaware which opens up the album is one of the best opening numbers for an album yeah it's, it's such a great opening number and I'm just excited to hear how they'll sound now, 30 years later, because they're just not going to sound the same, are they? They're not going to sound like their same band. Uh, even if even if instrumentally they do, you can't have the same vocals 30 years later. People no change. And no. So, yeah, so that's quite fun. So I've been going back and listening to some of those earlier EPs by them and then listening to those, those two albums and enjoying it very much. And who else have I been listening? I've been listening to Juliana Hatfield, who I had never heard of until until this week, but she's pretty cool. Ah, um, uh, yes, this is the lady that you've been posting stuff on on Twitter. Well, I po- yeah, I posted a mystery picture of her to see if anyone knew her, and no one did. But that could just be because no one sees my tweets rather than <laughs> one oh, knowing Juliana. Hatfield. I see your tweets. <laughs> you see my tweet. You didn't know her. No, um, I just thought she was a weird like. It's a weird be- picture lady that was eavesdropping on her neighbours yeah it's a weird picture of her got her ear against a brick wall um, she's not going to hear anything through a brick wall anyway is she but anyway Juliana Hatfield was or still is I think she's still making music she's still active on Twitter anyway I followed her on Twitter and she's still active she uh-huh. was making music in the 80s and 90s she started out uh, in Blake Babies I think is the, her probably 
most recognisable role. She's all, she was also in the Lemonheads for a period, but I think everyone was in the Lemonheads at some point. Like the Lemonheads yeah. have just cycled through most of the music industry. I wasn't in the Lemonheads. You weren't. Oh, that's no. embarrassing. Were you? <laughs> yeah, I've been in the Lemonheads. <laughs> oh, man. Just me, then. Um, and then she had a solo career, and she, and she also played with the, the, the Juliana Hatfield 3. So I've been listening to her 1995 solo album called Only Everything, and it's really good. It's... It's pretty hard rocking. Yeah, yeah, I listened to it actually. Oh, yeah, cool! It's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's 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 pretty. Yeah, it's pretty heavy stuff. Um, but then her voice is it's quite delicate, really youthful, and yeah, she, she's got this really delicate, naive sound to her voice, and it's harmonized at times as well, which just it just doesn't sound. It, it's really it contrasts really nicely with with the with the heavy guitars. Um, mm. It's definitely got a '90s alt rock sound to it. Um, yeah. There's some some folky influence, but there's definitely, undeniably, some punk influence. So I don't know her musical background, but she must have she must have been influenced by seventies punk rock. Well, she did have an album in 2018 called Julia Hatfield sings Olivia Newton John. Oh, really? <laughs> don't know if that helps. I'm not sure it does. <laughs> Wow, that's a that's a turn, isn't it? Uh, and another one the year after called Juliana Hatfield sings the police. Interesting. Yeah. And is so that the, just is one hundred percent police covers? Uh, I think so. I, I recognise most of these songs yeah. as police songs, so I'm assuming I'm assuming that's that's how it works. Interesting. Well, she's she's good. I, I really like that album. Only everything. I can't I can't necessarily say that everything she does is impressive because I haven't heard everything that she's done. But everything um, she does is magic. Oh, very good. <laughs> I set you up there, didn't I? <laughs> I know. Had to. So there you go, Juliana Hatfield. Take a listen to Juliana Hatfield, and also take a listen to Drop Nineteens. Anyone who's listening who hasn't heard Drop Nineteens, I think that Juliana is also. I'm going to Google it now. I think she's also from Boston, like the Drop Nineteens. Oh. Yeah, oh, she's also Boston area. Yeah. What a funny coincidence. I mean, Boston was awesome early nineties. We should have been there. Jamaica Plain area. There were just gigs at every every cafe. Yeah. Okay, so Matt, mm. a few weeks ago, I mean this was a long time ago actually, this was over maybe a couple of months ago. I spoke to Tom Holland from First Signs of the Aftermath. Mm-hmm. First Signs of the Aftermath are a heavy math rock band from Nottingham. And they've got a record coming out later this year, which I'm pretty excited about because I really like their first two EPs, which you can find on Bandcamp or on Spotify or on, I'm sure, lots of other places that I don't frequent. Yeah, they're uh, instrumental. Most, I suppose math rock is the, is the easiest way to describe it, but it's really heavy, uh, really unexpected, lots of twists and turns, keeps you on the edge of your seat and will melt your brain mm. and those are all good things so uh, yeah i spoke to tom uh, a couple of months back about how they started out what they've been doing for the last few years and and what to expect from this new record and uh here's that conversation When we sort of first started doing this band, 
we found that we were getting put on gig nights with other bands that had nothing to do with our sort of sound and you know we were always friendly with everybody and people enjoyed it but it was kind of like you know why you want a metal night or why you want an indie night or you know so I think it was our sound was sort of niche and I think it was harder at the time as well to make good quality demos and recordings if that makes sense yeah so it was really hard to and we've got loads of sort of bedroom recordings or whatever but we never really we didn't think that there was enough demand for what we did and we were just having fun writing and recording and playing the odd gig here and there and I think as we've you know gotten older you know I mean to be frank gotten a little bit more money as well it's sort of opened up other avenues to us um, and obviously seeing, you know, connecting with other bands and connecting with people all across the world that, you know, via Facebook and stuff and seeing the sort of demand for, I don't know, math rock. I don't know if you'd really call us math rock, but I suppose it's mathy in, in places, you know, instrumental, yeah. uh, that sort of thing. So, yeah, there's definitely, I, I think there's been an increased sort of um, bit of attention to that. Um, so. Yeah, we just we just started taking it a bit more seriously. I mean, everyone's been in other bands in the meantime as well, so it's not like it's just this one project and, you know, we've kind of fallen off the wagon. Everyone's been doing music the whole time, so um, just this one particularly uh, sort of took a back burner really for for us for a while, but um, yeah, we're back on it now. Cool. And how did you, Scott and Neil, meet? Oh, we're old, we're old school friends. Um, so before we did this band, we were in a band called... Uh, Flaming Steeds of the Apocalypse. So the initials were a carry-on, sort of a carryover from that. And it was just an inside joke that's not really funny that only we're aware of. So uh, yeah. <laughs> so so how has your style developed? Because you, I, I do think you've got a distinctive sound, and whether you want to call that math rock or not, it's um, I, I probably would. And if, you, if you're going to give things labels, it's kind of progressive post rock, and it's got math rock elements to it as well. Is that something that you? Was a conscious decision when you started this this project, or have you is it organically grown into that sound? Um, I think we sound quite a lot like we did when we first started. Really, um, if you heard the if you heard the songs that we made when I was sort of what nineteen or so, it's it's, it's very similar. I mean, yeah, we've we've become better musicians, so we might have sort of more complex bits or or been influenced by other stuff in the meantime, but largely we've, we've sounded like that since the start and we kind of just fell into it really. It was just a case of, I kind of have a really short attention span for music. So that's why all our songs are like three minutes long. You know, it's like, you know, I don't have the attention span. So what I like in music is riff after riff after riff. You know, I'm not so interested in songs. Not that I don't enjoy songs, but I'm not so worried about song structure and that sort of stuff if we only play a riff you know three times and then it never it never goes back to that in the song then we're not so we're not really worried about it so so is that is that a direct reflection of the kind of music that, that you guys are listening to i mean we listen to <clears throat> all, all sorts of stuff i'm a big uh, uk hip-hop fan right. i probably i probably listen to the sort of music we make less than um uk hip-hop i would say I sort of get my fill from doing our band, I think, a lot of the time. So yeah, no, we, we like all sorts of stuff, but yeah, we do like um, we do like math rock, um, you know, like Tricot and Light. I can't think of it. so many bands.
Yeah, I mean, one characteristic that I think that I think follows you through both of those records is that the songs can be quite polarizing. In the, like, for example, the, the title track from Aquensu Ocha, you have lots of space between the riffs in certain sections, and you have other sections with great depth and loads of layers of sound. Uh, yeah, we tend to be quite busy. I think because our songs are short, we kind of think go for it you know but for we're as also much not as you can in there <laughs> yeah we're not we're not so we're not afraid either of sort of stripping it back there's definitely areas where um it's just sort of organically come about like that when we've jammed a riff out or something and said oh no this bit would be cool if we stripped it back or whatever but um yeah we're, we're quite happy to to sort of go full on a lot of the time because uh, you know songs are short and it's live short isn't it so <laughs> <laughs> and, and has that has it always been instrumental Oh, we did have a singer for a little bit uh, when we first started. Um, I met him in college and yeah, we, it didn't really pan out. We we thought it, it sounded funny. I mean, to be honest, a lot of people say that our music is, it, it sounds like we, it's on the verge of being a joke all the time. And I would, I would agree. I would say that if it makes, if it makes us laugh when we're doing it, then I think, yeah, that's a keeper, you know? Yeah. If you can use them, so, like we, we do a thing where we, like do do a, a variation on the riff and we always do it on like the third one you know if you're doing it four times we'll do it on the third one each time and so we started noticing that we started doing that so we're like oh we'll just lead into it you know start doing it more like oh yeah shit, it's on the third one let's do it so on the subject of vocals i was convinced that in finkel is einhorn i was convinced i could hear vocals low in the mix and i listened to that tune on repeat so many times but i was wrong <laughs> there's no vocals in there <laughs> no 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 I mean, on our old bedroom recordings, we used to shout and stuff all over it. Um, that's always quite funny when I go back and listen to those and you can hear people getting excited about a good performance or something. So, Oh, that's brilliant. I like that. <laughs> I like that kind of stuff. In terms of our music being busy, though, quite a lot of that is um, Neil. That's our drummer, Neil Ward. He, it's his sort of uh, his, his busy sort of playing style. He loves Zach Hill from Hella. All oh, right. It is definitely noticeable. I, I'd actually made a, made a note here saying that... Um, you know, on, on your second EP, uh, it, it does feel like the track selection for Burt Reynolds is a, is a lot heavier, and it sounds in a lot of places. It sounds like you've got two drummers. He's he's all over the place. <laughs> he, he's going to love hearing that. He's going to absolutely love that comment. Um, we um, we vibe off Neil so much when we're at practice. Uh, yeah, it makes me play wrong a lot of the time because I'm I'm watching him and just you know enthralled by his sort of performance. So yeah. What what's the, the songwriting process for you? Is it is it something that you're all involved in, or does one of you come with, come along with the ideas and, and it gets padded out by the team? It's a real mishmash. It's a real mixture, really. Um, quite often, I'll be playing my guitar at three in the morning in my kitchen, and I'll record something on my phone, and then send it to those guys, and then they're like, "Oh, that's cool." And then when we're at practice. You know, Scott will write something to complement it on the bass and Neil's getting an idea and we sort of jam it out. 
Uh, or it might be that me and Scott meet up first and I show Scott an idea and then he says, oh, what about if we did this instead? So we might inspire each other. If, you, if you've got an idea and you show the other guys, yeah. someone might say, oh, wow, yeah, that's a good idea. And then it might go in a completely different direction. You just got sort of no idea really. Um, but I mean, quite often I'll, I'll play a guitar riff. Uh, I'll play it to Scott and then he plays it on the bass and then I'm like, oh, awesome. That's now a bass riff yeah. completely. And I'm going to do something completely different. So now you're playing that. I'm going to do something else. And it's just random that it's worked out like that, you know. But on our newest um, EP that's going to come out soon, we've got a song called Too Many Bees. It's sort of the title track. Um, and when I first played the riff, it's all sort of uh, heavy power chords, whatever. Uh, and then when I played it as a Scott, he turned it into a, a reggae bass riff. Yeah. you know like it was a reggae thing or whatever and i yeah. just had no idea it was going to go in that direction and then i started doing the sort of the stabs to kind of mimic upstrokes yeah so do you and scott ever mix things up a bit because i did notice on your first ep you were credited for bass as well and does scott get credited for guitar uh yeah that's right but um that's only really because i was playing some riff and when you've been playing a couple of hours or whatever and you suddenly have a bit of a, a mind block or a or whatever someone else jumps in and says oh it's all right i can do this bit all oh, right that was literally all it was we normally stick to our instruments like i, I i'm not a bass player um, my hands are too small so i couldn't be a bass player and what about some of the other instruments that are credited on that record because i i've got to be honest go on give them to me what's the what's the list of rec- what's the list of instruments and i'll tell you whether it's ocarina or not. no that's nonsense <laughs> who wrote the liner notes uh, probably me i would have thought uh, tin whistle yeah, that's nonsense. Kazoo? Uh, nonsense. <laughs> is it? It's just bass, bass guitar, and and drums, isn't it? Bass guitar, drums, and guitar. That's it. Yeah, just the, just the three of us. I mean, we have done a little bit of piano and stuff um, before. Neil is a really really good pianist. He's got a couple of albums out on Bandcamp as well. Just give that a shout out. Oh please. right. Uh, Neil Ward is his name, and he's really really good on piano. Oh, um, fantastic. So available for weddings and birthdays or whatever. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. I just, yeah, maybe, maybe you'll do some if you get some inquiries. I don't know. first Aquensu Ocha that's uh, an Ace Ventura reference right it's not it's not uh, a call to your uh, Nigerian folklore knowledge no that's right yeah we're big um, we're big Ace Ventura fans um, first and second one absolutely fantastic we've watched those a lot um, so I, I think the the original idea was to have loads of different EPs that were all sort of film film themed like yeah. Wayne's World is another big favourite of ours but uh, I think we just forgot 
for the new one. So, <laughs> so there you go. Oh, and plain clothes, Burt Reynolds. I think I just thought that was a funny idea one time that you could have a division of Burt Reynolds as, do you know what I mean? And then there's some yeah. of them are plain clothes. I don't know. It's just a daft idea. It's a good idea. I like it very much. <laughs> and the artwork is is fantastic. The artwork on both those two EPs is amazing. Is it, are you bringing back the same artist to to cover your third one? Oh uh, yeah, that's our that's our good friend uh, Rich uh, Rich Barber. Um, he does a lot of um, sort of passion projects for other people. He's a mm. qualified and professional sort of three D artist, and I don't want to get his job wrong. He does all sorts of um, art arty stuff that we'd have no idea how to do. So yeah, he's really really good at. It. He's a professional. So uh, yeah, we always always go to him. He loves our music, and uh, yeah, he lo- he loves working for us. So that's always really good. Yeah, well, I think the artwork's amazing. And I love the fact that, you know, they follow on from each other, which I didn't at first notice. I didn't notice that uh, uh, Plain Clothes Burt Reynolds was actually a development of the of the original artwork. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. You know what? We've, we've had that artwork since the very sort of beginning. I was on a forum somewhere and I got chatting to a guy and he worked on games um, doing 3D effects work, sort of similar to what our friend Rich does. And he said, oh, if you would like a logo, like pick something off one of my pictures that I'm not using. So I picked it and he was like, yeah, cool, you can have that. So that just came from there. So it's a free picture as well. So we really struck gold with that one. I really like the picture. So we've had that literally since, what, 2006 or whatever. So brilliant. Nailed that. So you mentioned you got uh, an EP coming out this year and uh, is there going to be any kind of newer sounds? Because certainly what you were talking about previously, well, perhaps a sound that we we haven't heard before. Yeah, one of the songs is like a country style song. It's a weird, I say country is sort of think of Winona's Big Brown Beaver by Primus. It's that kind of country. So it's it's wacky and it's full of loads of uh, tasty drum stuff and weird bass stuff that counteracts the guitar all sorts of crazy stuff going on on that and the too many bees title track that's uh that's a really heavy tune it's only the first bit that's kind of reggae-ish i want to give a big shout out to brian setzer's uh slapback tone i really love that so i try and mimic that with the delay pedal on that so all right yeah one thing is so i mean you're a three-piece is do you sometimes struggle with getting some of those the the real depth on those heavier sections when you play live or uh, do, do you do you have do you think a three piece hinders you in any way? Um, no, not really. I think Scott um, Scott's got a really good idea, a really good ear for bass tone. He has sort of all sorts of different levels of drive and stuff. I think and fuzz and overdrive. So um, yeah, he he kind of fills it out when it needs to be heavy. And we've got octave pedals and stuff as well to add a sort of an extra layer. So I don't think we, and also playing really loud helps. So I think that kind of, uh, mm. yeah, we we kind of we kind of cover it. Awesome. One last question for you: If you were to do an episode of Superfancast, what band would you choose? I am a super fan of Black Sabbath. Early early era Black Sabbath. All oh, right. Oh, we haven't had that. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get you onto an episode then. I think I'd like that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, an excuse for us yeah, to do two weeks of research on Black Sabbath. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a big Tony Iommi fan. Um, he's one of the people that's definitely shaped my guitar playing. Has he? Um, I think if you listen to our stuff with that in mind, it, you can start to really hear it like all over the the, the last riff of Finkler's Einhorn, that sort of big metally section. That's sort of Sabbath all over, really. I've got no shame either. I, I defer to the best. You know what I mean? It's one of those. Uh, the guys are God, so. Yeah, absolutely. There's worse people you could be influenced by. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Tom. And you don't want to miss out on the, the release of their new record this year, so follow them on either Spotify or Bandcamp or wherever else you can follow people uh, so that you get notified once that record comes out. And be sure to go and listen to those those first two EPs because they are really awesome. Really cool music. Yeah. One piece of news from us is that we said at the end of our last episode, which was, what was that, prim- at the end of our Primus episode, that we were going to be doing Green Day next, and scheduling has changed, so you'll find out at the end of this episode. We'll do the big reveal, but we're not going to be doing Green Day for the moment. That's one, it's still in the bank, but uh, the superfan wasn't able to, uh, wasn't able to make it, so we'll, we'll put it on the shelf for the minute. Uh-huh. Such is life. Such is life. If you have any recommendations, or if you are a super fan and you want to get in touch with us, then then do so. You can reach us on Twitter, on Facebook as Superfancast, or you can reach us via the contact form on superfannews.net, which is our music review platform and music media outlet. So if you haven't been to superfannews.net, then go there and take a look. You can sign up in about three seconds and then you can start submitting your own music reviews, or you can read the plethora of reviews that's already there. Or if you're an up-and-coming artist like First Signs of the Aftermath and you would like the spotlight on you a little bit, then you can reach us on the contact form there on superfannews.net, and we could do a spotlight article on you or even bring you onto the podcast. Ooh, yeah. And if you are living in the past, you can always just drop us an email at superfancast@outlook.com. Have we got a fax machine? No, we don't. No, the NHS has all our fax machines. Yeah, I, I used to do that when I worked at the NHS. It's, it's like it's like proper espionage stuff, though, isn't it? Yeah, but you know in the US they still pay stuff by check. Yeah, that's weird. You're living in the past, man. <laughs> I need to uh, need to start using fax machines again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we do. You could solve the check problem with a fax machine or a pager. Just, just fax the check. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Oh god, this this uh, this podcast has gone downhill, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you for for joining us for this interlude, and I look forward to you joining us again in a couple of weeks for the next episode, which is not going to be Green Day, but it is going to be typo negative. Mm. Was that your attempt at a Peter Steele voice? No, this is Peter Steele. Typo negative. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really excited to do typo negative. So yeah, be sure to join us in a couple of weeks. And until then, stay safe, keep rocking. We'll see you next time.